Hi, I'm Rob Vilnive, CEO of Rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. Celebrating wins and the people who contribute to making them happen is a big part of having a vibrant and strong corporate culture. The more engaged employees become, the more invested and accountable they are to their work. And it's important for us as leaders to acknowledge their efforts. One easy way to make sure you're celebrating your employees is to build rituals around it. At Rebel, we give out annual and quarterly contributor awards to recognize staff who have gone the extra mile. But we also give each other high fives and shutouts at our weekly team lunch, and we nominate one person each week to wear a construction helmet in honor of their hard work. The key takeaway, a little acknowledgement and a simple thank you can help to build a culture of appreciation and engagement. Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe, and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada. Are you ready to plan for the future? Build the financial foundations for your business with Intuit QuickBooks Startup Foundations. Enroll in the online Startup Foundations workshop and receive a free one-year subscription to Intuit QuickBooks Online. Visit bit.ly forward slash startup foundations. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash startup foundations today to register for free. Traveling for business will never be the same. With Rogers Rome Like Home, you can now stay connected to your business just like you do at home when you use Rome Like Home with your Share Everything for Business plan. For just $5 a day in the United States and $10 a day internationally, you can use your data as you would at home and receive unlimited calling and messaging to Canadian and local numbers with no roaming charges. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash small business. Scotiabank understands what's involved when businesses first open their doors and the support that's needed to keep them open. They are helping customers respond to the speed of business, making it easier for entrepreneurs to open their accounts and apply for business loans online in minutes. To learn more, visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business. Disruption, investment, work-life balance. Delving deep on the topics that matter most for entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. Welcome to the Startup Canada Podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across the country. With day in the life stories and in their shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale up companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, don't forget to visit the iTunes store to subscribe and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I am your host, Rivers Corbett, founder and CEO of Coaching by Rockstars. Ever thought about a career as a business coach? Coaching by Rockstars teaches business coaches how to build a successful coaching business from scratch. Visit 
coachingbyrockstars.com for more information. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're heading off to Newfoundland today, and uh, I'm just thrilled to have as my guest, Martha Nelson. She's the owner of the unique HI Trinity Skirwink Hostel. She's an entrepreneur from Australia who moved to the remote town of Port Rexton in Newfoundland, where entrepreneurship took her by storm. With the help of her boyfriend, Gavin, they were able to resurrect the unique hospital so that they can breathe life back into the tourism industry of Newfoundland. In today's industry, we're going to learn the story behind a newcomer entrepreneur and her visions of jump-starting the economy of the small town of Port Rexton. Martha, welcome to our show. Thanks so much for having me. All right, let's kind of dive right into it because I'm sure everybody's kind of wondering about how these pieces of your life puzzle all came uh, together. As a non-Newfoundland native, you traveled to a rural Canadian village and uh, and then you made it your home, but then you also started a business there. I mean, first of all, what was your family saying when you did all that? Um, my family were right there with me. I mean, this business was started with myself and my sister okay. um, with a huge amount of support from my parents. So it really was, it was actually a family holiday to Newfoundland that inspired the idea. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and was it a family holiday from Australia to Newfoundland or were you living somewhere else at the time? No, like most immigrants to Canada, we'd been living in Toronto for a little while before that. <laughs> okay. So then, yeah, right on. You you, you moved uh, you moved right, as I say. Yeah. So <laughs> so so, give us the inspiration. I mean, you came there, uh, you visited. Um, what was the inspiration that uh, that wanted you to go back to? I'm, I'm sure a magical place for you. Um, I mean, I think for us, it was. It was a combination of things. We sort of, we came to this beautiful community more or less by chance. It wasn't sort of a planned visit to that specific spot. Um, and we ended up there by chance and all of us just found it really charming. The, the, the vibe of the community was just really lovely. And it was already a well-established tourism destination. I mean, that Trinity, Port Rexton kind of bubble has been uh, a hotspot for tourism in Newfoundland for about 20 years. but the tourism was very uh, focused to kind of an older retiree American sort of market. And my sisters and I being backpackers ourselves just thought, well, this is an amazing spot. It's so, it's so beautiful. There's so many hikes. There's so much wildlife. This is an ideal spot for young people to visit, but there's nowhere for them to stay. So it was kind of just, we, we saw the classic, like we saw a hole in the market and thought we can, we can fill that hole. Right on. Very cool. Well, look when you're you're not at the at well. Actually, what I want to do is go back to the 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 name because HI. When I first read it, what is what does HI uh, mean in the name Trinity uh, Skirwink? So HI is for Hostelling International. So that's a. Um it's a global organization of hostels around the world that uh, some of them are owned by the association. It's a non-for-profit and they have them based everywhere. There's a quite a famous one in downtown Ottawa that's mm-hmm. based in the old jail. Yes. Um, so that that's owned by the association, but lots of small businesses just affiliate with it. So myself, we just affiliated with them um, because it's an amazing network of, of small business owners and people in the hostelling industry all around the world with just this huge wealth of knowledge. So 
the HIA just shows a, a standard of um, service and uh, kind of quality of, of property that, that you have to maintain to stay to stay in HI property. So it's kind of a, a brand and a quality assurance thing, but also it's a name that people from all over the world are familiar with. So if they're if you're a backpacker and you see that, you say, oh, okay, yeah, that I know at least that that'll be kind of this standard of property that I'm going to stay in. So that's why we say that ahead of our property. Okay, so um, I'm I'm always a fan of uh, of saying you win the game of business was when you zag when everybody else zigs. So it sounds to me like you've got a lot of zagging going on. One with the the accreditation of the HI, but also in you know in the in the way that you're uh, you're resurrecting the hostel and so on. Can you talk about some of the uniqueness centered around your uh, your your organization, the hostel, the company, the people, uh, so that we can get a, a an emotional sense of what it is you're offering? Absolutely. I mean, for us, it's, I, I feel like, uh, the hostel's unique in Newfoundland. Um, but it's, to me, it's kind of the very classic traditional hostel that you find in rural communities in Australia or in the UK. It's kind of your, your very old style, big family home where people come and it's kind of like they're staying at their friend's house. It's a nice big open area for people to hang out in and, and it feels like a home away from home. And that to me was kind of, and my and my family when we were sort of creating this idea, that was always this, the goal was to create this kind of traditional home away from home experience. Mm. And, and it's that that's kind of, unique because a lot of hostels in North America nowadays are kind of the big, big ones you get in cities that sort of moved away from this kind of homey vibe. And they tend to be more like mm, as many people in as you can get. Right. Whereas we're kind of going for the comfort and coziness over the kind of as many people as we can fit in. Yeah. So that's kind of our, that's sort of where we're unique, I think. And when people are coming, I mean, talk to us about uh, about Port Rexton because I'm trying to get a sense of of the the uniqueness centered around obviously the magical piece of the of the small town, remote town, and then I want to talk about how are people coming here? Are they hiking? Are they biking? Are they bar? Are they motorcycling? What's what's a, are you a destination? or Are you part of another uh, another route, if I could call it that, around Newfoundland? Yeah, I mean, so. So we're definitely on the kind of classic route. We are uh, when people come to Newfoundland, there's kind of a handful of spots that they absolutely want to hit, um, and we're on that for sure. So that that's great, and it's that's the Trinity and Port Rexton kind of little area that we're in was, um, like I said, has been a, a thriving kind of uh, tourism spot for about 20 years um, because it's all heritage. They're these beautiful little postcard towns that look like they're just out of a film or out of a painting or something like that gorgeous Mm. um and there's world-class hikes everywhere that are nice and short and sweet so people can go out for three hours and do a beautiful coastal hike and see whales leaping out of the ocean and puffins and Mm. icebergs and so it's like it's kind of the package deal just based on the location yes um and so that's why we were just like amazed that that there was a shortage of of kind of (laughs) different styles of accommodation. It was all very catering to the one market. And we're like, but everybody would love this. Yes. <laughs> like, you could bring anybody here and they'd absolutely love it. So, so let's do that. Let's get more people out here. 
Very cool. So tell us about that journey when you when you actually started the business in in well in 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 a new country, but you were here in Toronto for a while. But you know, you, every province I think has its own unique personality around it. So there's a, a little bit of a, a cultural adjustment. Um, but what you know, what, what obstacles obstacles did you face in the beginning? Um, because it's it, why I'm particularly interested in this question is because you're a bricks and mortar business. Yes, there's there's elements around it that aren't bricks and mortar but uh can you talk to us about what your what some of those obstacles were when you started uh your business yeah um so i mean out we had kind of two different kinds of obstacles the first one would have been um the main thing would have been definitely our remoteness that was that was a big learning curve for us just kind of getting a sense of what we could and couldn't get our hands on in a rural area um i mean to get in and out of the main city of st john's is a six hour return trip so it's not Mm. like you can just kind of head in to buy extra things as you need them you have to really kind of plan ahead so we um we worked a lot with our local business community and other other small businesses in the area and found out, you know, which wholesalers do come out here, where where can you buy things, where like when are people going in so we can kind of ride share almost. So like if one business right. has to go to Costco, we'll all put in an order kind of thing. Cool. And yep. So it's kind of that sort of working together was was unusual coming from cities that's, that's sort of lost, but mm-hmm. in a small community that's kind of central to your survival. So it's, and that's still very much alive in these outport communities, which is so lovely. Yeah, it, that's really cool. And, and when you um, when you're giving the experience to your guests, do they see you having that collaboration happening? I think so. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely um, we work so much with the local community, and we really do uh, collaborate with other businesses as much as we can because it's you know, I mean, the more the more people that come out and have a wonderful time, the better it is for everybody. So there's a big drive from everyone to to definitely share our knowledge and and make sure that if if I have a guest that wants to do something, I'm calling other businesses to find mm. out where they can do that or where they can buy that or all that kind of stuff. And there's definitely a sense of kind of grouping together to, to get stuff done, to make sure that everyone has the best time they can and, you know, tells their friends and comes back and all that sort of stuff, you know. How do you, uh, uh, with every business, there's seasons, how do you handle the winter season? What's your strategy in the winter? So, I mean, the seasons is kind of the central part of it for us that we, we have such an intense summer season um, because, in the seasonal tourism industry, you sort of don't stop from May until October. You're on 16 hours a day, seven days a week. So the winter is absolutely kind of our downtime. And nice. um, for a lot of a lot of businesses that we work with, if they're very successful, then they don't they don't work at all in the winter time. They're able to just take all of that time off. Right. Um, my partner and I, we we prefer to to keep up a little bit of work, and he's a snowboarding instructor. So we come to the west coast of Newfoundland, and work on the ski hills here. Um, so we just kind of do a little bit of work just to kind of keep our minds going, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think in the sort of traditional Newfoundland sense, the summer is a time of hard work, and the winter is a time to kind of recuperate and get outside and ski and mm. kind of just come back to life a little bit after an intensive season. Yeah, I love it. I think that's very very cool is you know there's i, uh, I have a, a great friend of mine one of his favorite sayings is sometimes you got to slow down to speed up and yes. I, I think that's really what you're referencing there and that's uh, that's so awesome so yeah. um 
Look, you and your partners are, are leaders in the budget tourism industry in Newfoundland, in Labrador. First of all, can you talk to me about what that means uh, from a terminology perspective? And what is your strategy for uh, uh, promotion, marketing, sales, anything that ultimately uh, helps you to move your business behind it, given the fact that you're leaders in that, that terminology, budget tourism? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, budget tourism just refers to um, kind of more cost-effective options. So, if someone's looking at coming to Newfoundland and they want to spend a weekend here, they're probably going to have a bigger budget. But if we have um, a lot of guests come to us that are actually on longer holidays, they might have taken two months off work, they might have taken even two weeks, or they might be on like a huge long year off or something. So, we're looking at how we can make sure that there are options for people that want to spend a longer time in a place and maybe not have to spend as much money um, and get have and still have a great time. So that's a large part of hosteling for us. So definitely offering that alternative accommodation that's, that's substantially cheaper than the kind of traditional hotel or, or bed and breakfast. Mm. Um, definitely finding out where there are other, like other places to stay is a big thing for us because we get so many guests coming to us saying, are you the only hostel here? And we're like, no, there's, there's lots, <laughs> but, but they're invisible. So how do we, how do we get that, that word out there that, yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch you can stay in. You just have to, you know, find out where they are. And, and the other big thing in Newfoundland is access, um, based on transport. I mean, there's no public transport system that's that's operated by the government. So people often think there's no way to get around without cars. And renting a car in Newfoundland, there's only so many rental cars, so it can get really pricey. And often they just completely sell out. So our another big goal of ours is really making sure that people know that there are private bus services that operate really reasonably priced all over the island. And it's just a matter of kind of knowing the phone number to call to get it's it's all kind of in that old style community thing. You just have to know the guy. So we're working hard to know all the guys so we can get all that information in one place so that people coming to Newfoundland are able to just look at one resource and say, okay, if I'm in this town, this is the number I call. If I'm in this town, this is the guy that I call. And right. that's, that's our big kind of push at the moment is really just gathering all that info and getting it out there to people that need it. Yeah, well, I mean, ultimately, you know, uh, the the tide raises all ships or some saying like that. I'm not quite sure how it goes, but it really takes a village to make a village work, right? Yes. And so um, I think that that's important. And, and you've alluded to that already about the trips to Costco. Uh, <laughs> I think that's it's so interesting. I mean, you would never happen. That would never happen, Martha, in Toronto, would it? Oh, I'm going no. to Costco. Do you want what the five of us get together? No, it's. I'm, I'm sure it's even ruthless sometimes to the point because the competition so stiff can you can you talk about that that cultural shift for you uh and your partners again like, and, and I'm, I'm thinking you particularly because you're the one that moved from toronto did uh, your boyfriend was he in toronto at the time that he came with you no so he he's from scotland so okay. um i i met him while i was studying law over there and and brought him back with me so right. this is only his second year in newfoundland um yeah. and he's he's really liking it for sure uh, that's cool yeah, yeah love love is an amazing amazing incentive isn't it i hear yeah. it all the time that's so awesome ladies and gentlemen it's that time where we need to take a very quick break but we will be right back with more from our amazing guests stay tuned 
As an entrepreneur, you're always looking for ways to work smarter, faster, simpler, and better. Grow your business your way with transformative tech like Microsoft Azure, Office 365, Windows 10, and more. Visit modernbiz.ca, that's modernbiz.ca, and see how Microsoft can help you run your business anytime, anywhere. Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints, from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs. Plus, save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business. Thank you to our sponsors. And we are back. So, um, well, look, you're an advocate for increasing accessibility through Newfoundland through means of alternative modes of accommodations, what we just talked about. Um, how is, are you playing a role beyond simply Port Rexton? Is there a bigger Newfoundland and Labrador play here for you uh, personally as a businesswoman in that uh, sector? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So I'm, I'm currently on the board of uh, the Legendary Coasts, which is the marketing organization for um, the kind of Eastern, the whole of Eastern Newfoundland. Um, so that's sort of uh everything from St. John's kind of more or less until like almost halfway across the island, really. It's, it's sort of a, a, quite a big chunk. And so I partner with businesses all over that in this organization and we work um, work really hard to make sure that that all the different businesses are equally represented and that people know uh, what there is available and, and how you get there and, and what there is to do once you get there. So a large part of that is working with different media organizations and um we have a dedicated staff that that do a great job of, of getting various journalists and, and media groups around to different businesses to really showcase what it is that each of those businesses is offering because there is such a wide range and it's still sort of – there are still a lot of people that are new and, and just figuring out how to get their voice heard. So we do a, a big part in that for sure. And when you talk about uh, media, um, I think what you were talking about there, correct me if I'm wrong, but primarily uh, traditional media, you know uh, – print, um, radio, uh, television, and so on. What do you do for for the online media? How do you connect with them? And why I'm asking the question is I think there's some interesting lessons that other other remote towns can take from your, the success that you're creating right in your community. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we I've I've been really lucky over the past two years. We've had quite a few um, different bloggers come and stay with us and profile our area and and their experience with us, which has been great. Oh, cool. And and I do think that is crucial, especially in my market where we're looking at kind of a younger demographic, people who tend to look more or what's being said online versus what's necessarily coming out in print. Right. Um, and they're definitely and there's it is great because Newfoundland is a very um, artistic community has a very big artistic community and a lot of great writers so there is a, a big range of people out there that that are keen to get out and explore and and say you know share the great stuff about their province 
Um, and I think for to, if people were interested in doing that kind of stuff, a, a large part of it is is going online, finding blogs that you that you like, that you think you'd fit in with, and reaching out and saying, "Hey, I can give you a free night stay if you want to come out and write a nice piece oh. on us, or even not a necessarily a nice piece, just come out and say, yeah. you know, why you like this area or or something like that." And if it's a lot, I mean, there'd be very few bloggers, especially if they're in your region, that would say no to that. Like, why yeah, would of they? Of course, right? yeah, totally. <laughs> Totally, 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 totally. Is is there any unique uh, way in which you're you're marketing, promoting your business that that you know the town itself that that people say, oh my gosh, that's the coolest thing since sliced bread. I never I never would have thought about marketing it that way because uh, it's all about relationship development with clientele that ultimately is going to bring bring them to you. You're on a date, so you want to you want to entice them to come and visit. So is there anything unique that you're doing that uh, is working? I mean, something that I think that I do that is not as common as it could be is that I don't just promote myself. Mm-hmm. So a large a large part of the stuff that we do on our website and, and that we share in our social media is other stuff you can do in the island. It's not, not everybody wants to come to a hostel, and I respect that. I mean, it's definitely not accommodation for everyone, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't come to our area or they shouldn't maybe go camping you know, go see icebergs further north of us, go to Twillingate, go to Fogo, go mm. go, go skiing in, in Newfoundland. Like we're not open in the winter, but I, I heavily promote the ski industry in Newfoundland as much as I can because I think, like you said, you know, a rising tide floats all the ships. It's Yeah. The, the Sorry, more- I couldn't remember what it was, but that's what it is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like you, the more people that you can get interested in the province, the better for everybody. I mean, if, if the kayaking company down the road from me is getting, is getting swamped with, with tours, then that means they're going to be around that much longer, which means mm-hmm. that my guests have that also experience to, to enjoy. So, you know, I want, I want everyone in Newfoundland to do really well. So of course, I, of course. I, I heavily push the whole province as much as I can. Um, and I think that's something that is getting more common, but I think something that lots of small businesses could could do. They can share information on the various businesses around them that they think other people might be interested in and it helps everyone. I'm I'm always appreciative and respectful of newcomers to Canada and uh, I have visited only once Australia. I was uh, hold it near and dear to my heart. I have lots of friends there. But what what was you say? Uh, you lived in Toronto first. Was it uh, family that brought you there? Was it school? Uh, what's what's what brought you to Canada? It was family. So okay. it was um, my folks were moving over and so my sisters and I followed suit not long after. Yeah. And um, we none of us have really stayed in they're still in my parents are still in Toronto, but <laughs> the rest of us have kind of dispersed. But we all we all came north, which was nice. So we are all still closer than if we'd stayed in Australia. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. Well, with with uh, with your knowledge and experience, you're giving back through education. Um, talk about entrepreneurs giving back um and 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 one why or is it important i think the answer is obviously yes to you but how do you find what is the best way for you to give back um well definitely i mean on a local level getting involved with other businesses in your area i think is huge finding out what common problems you have and trying to figure out common solutions is is massive and and cannot be underrated and i think on a larger scale i the one thing i would really encourage entrepreneurs to do is get involved in different organizations that that you know support them and and represent them if you can join your local chamber of commerce if you can join your local marketing agency whatever it is or maybe just your town council 
but any way that you can make sure that that small businesses and entrepreneurs are being represented and then and their interests are being heard makes such a huge difference. It it helps not only existing businesses, but it means that it maintains a a, a great place to foster new businesses and and gives a space for entrepreneurship to grow, which I think is so crucial in these areas. So, I mean, however you can sort of get involved in other businesses and and find out what people are talking about is massive. So um, interesting you talk about growth because that happens to be my next question. You, as with most entrepreneurs, there's never a satisfaction in the status quo. Yes, you can bring more people in, but there's there's a certain amount of finite space that uh, to fill up uh, your hostel. Um, any thoughts on where you're going in the next two to three years, or are you just kind of letting the world come to you and you'll decide uh, once, uh, once you get to that point? Well, yeah, I mean, I think... I think at the moment we're kind of keeping our eyes and ears open for for different spots that we think would would fit our style of accommodation as well. I mean, we're very we're very passionate about Newfoundland and, and there's so much to see around the province and we definitely want to make sure that we're able to to continue to provide access to some more remote areas. But I mean, even just like I was saying about the ski industry, there's nothing there's no sort of budget accommodation out here either, so that would be kind <laughs> yeah. of a great spot to start. Yeah. But yeah, at the moment we're just kind of looking around, keeping an eye on the market, seeing what's going on and and just keeping our options open to see if something drops up. I think one of the biggest things in, in starting a business is timing. I mean, you could have an amazing business, but if your timing's off, it's not going to work. Right. But if you, or you could have a, you know, an average idea, but if your timing's right, you'll make millions. So you've got to really kind of pay attention to timing. And I think that's a big thing that made us successful in the first, in the original SCO and Costal and something we're really aware of if we're looking at expanding. Yeah. Very cool. Well, the journey is ultimately about uh, the opportunity to expand if you want to, and you're in charge of your uh, your own destiny. So um, is this your first entrepreneurial endeavor? It is, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, talk to us about that and the advice you would give to entrepreneurs who are getting their first baby. Um, well, my main advice would be work hard and don't think you've stopped learning. Like I am always learning every single day that I'm on this job. I'm learning something new. I'm, I'm spending another, you know, another 10 hours through workshops and webinars to understand a different concept of marketing that I maybe haven't thought of or different ways of branding or whatever it is. Just that the, the more you open yourself up to learning, the better your business will be ultimately and the better businessman you'll be ultimately. So that, that's my, my big thing is is don't ever stop learning and just be willing to work hard. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. It it really is a journey of, of hard work and I consistently hear that message amongst my guests. And, uh, so I'm glad that you reinforced force that point and and uh do you love what you do absolutely yeah yeah very very cool well martha i uh i have totally totally enjoyed this conversation and uh you have brought us into a world that really honestly we don't talk a lot about when it comes to uh startup entrepreneurship and so on on the startup canada podcast and that's i'm happy why we had this conversation amongst all the other great advice that you've given because you indeed are an entrepreneur you are indeed are a startup and you indeed deserve the 
respect we give to the tech guys. We give to yeah. you know the life sciences guys and gals Thanks and all so this. Yeah, it's uh, you're you're part. Of, talk about family. You're part of the family, and we need to embrace that and celebrate that. And uh, and I think this alone is a is an awakening for all those entrepreneurs who are in the space. You are that that you are very very important for all kinds of reasons. So thank you so much for being on the show. Do you have any last words of advice that you would like to express comments, reflections, uh, whatever? Oh, I don't know. I think just again, that, that it's all comes down to timing. Everybody can be the best entrepreneur they can if, if they get the timing right. And if they're willing to put the hard work in, so <laughs> you've got an idea, just, just kind of keep sit on it and see what happens and jump on it when the, when the time timing arises, I think. <laughs> So uh, let's. I want to make sure that people can find out who you are because um, I know if they're listening to this, if uh, presuming they're not driving, they're going to want to write down as to how they can get in touch with you and your business and learn more about uh, visiting and all that kind of stuff. Can you give us, uh, you know, what what what's your website link or is that how you you best get a hold of you? For sure. So our website is is scoandcostal.com, um, which will be in the information. And um, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter and Instagram and everything. And you can email us directly at, at Martha at scoandcostal.com and that comes straight to me or just shoot us a message on Facebook where we're always around. And that strong Aussie accent still is coming through a bit. So I'm going to spell Skirwink for everybody so they get that great. <laughs> it's S-K-E-R-W-I-N-K Hostel. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Perfect. Well, it's been awesome to have you on the show, Martha. Thank you so, so much for your time and keep on Thanks happening. Again. Cheers. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to more awesome entrepreneur content? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats and hashtag startup school, which you can catch every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, uh, this is Sammy Davis, founder of The Well, and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast. If I made you Premier of Nova Scotia tomorrow, and I have this power over the airways to do this, <laughs> uh, what would you, what would be the one thing that you would do? And you're only going to be Premier for 24 hours, so you can get bold and bashful, or, or brashful uh, to help increase the focus on entrepreneurship in the high schools. What would you do? Hmm. I think what I would do is, I mean, one of, one of the things, and I, I've never thought about it in terms of high school. I've always thought about it in terms of, you know, entrepreneurs in Nova Scotia need more exposure. Um, and, but they need to expose themselves to things. This is this is where um, exposure is a two-way street, and we constantly look at it as as you know, expose me to things. Well, one of the things that I think has been uh, stalling some of the business acumen in Nova Scotia is the fact that we're not exposing ourselves to anything new. 
we steer clear of them uh, because it might pop my bubble, which is my big, you know, this is my big idea. And myself, where I see the whole nation and I, I see all the, you know, we get exposed to a ton. I, that's the one thing I would bring back is, you know, start to expose yourself to everything and don't fear any of it because it can all be undone or take you down a different path that you didn't even know existed. Um, so exposure, exposure, exposure.